Well, hello, everybody. This is Mo. Hey, this is Doug. Mo, you should probably say your last name, too. Uh, why? <laughs> so people can look you up in the phone book. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's Svensson. <laughs> <laughs> and we're from the No Budget Nightmares podcast. Yeah, we are from No Budget Nightmares, and we're here to talk about Todd Sheets' Clownado. Hot dog. Mo, why were we given the privilege to talk about this movie? I have thought about this quite a bit, and I think the answer is I have no idea. Well, I'll, I'll tell I mean, you. I mean, we have a some we have an inkling. It's not like Todd yeah. and us. We don't have any sort of relationship. We know no, Todd. We we're fans of Todd. Yeah. It's a, Todd is the uh, the patron saint of No Budget Nightmares. Yeah, we've uh, we've covered a lot of his work uh, on the on the podcast. And we've been uh, had the privilege of talking to him a few times. He's always been a, a supporter of us, and we, of course, have been a supporter of his. The, you know, font, this font looks pretty familiar, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever could it possibly be from? This is the Albertus font, Mo, the best known, I think, for the work of John Carpenter. Uh, one of the great things about Todd's work, kind of as a whole, is that he wears his influences on his sleeve. And not only do you usually see kind of visual references to some of the movies that inspired him, but often characters have names, uh, including in this movie, uh, that, that pay tribute to some of the directors that inspired him. Hot dog. I promise I'm not going to say that again. If you say hot dog <laughs> one more goddamn time. <laughs> <laughs> Mo, did you have any hesitation when you first heard that Todd was making a movie called Clownado? No, actually, if you remember, uh, my the the first time I heard about it, well, I obviously because we follow Todd's work, uh, I heard about it when it was announced. But um, he had a GoFundMe, uh, you know, where you could give a certain amount of money and be part of the film mm-hmm. and like it didn't quite work out like I had the money to donate <laughs> but I didn't have a means of getting to him so like I I I was I was this close to being in this movie Mo you are in the movie you're, you're doing well yeah I mean yeah uh, yeah now now I am which is awesome I you know what I was actually when I first heard that he was making this movie, I think maybe I did feel a little hesitant, mostly because I, I'm kind of a skeptic when it comes to, like, the Sharknado movies, which, right, which right. I mean, they're still, they're continuing on at this point. You know, movies Oof. in general that sort of wink a little too much at the audience. I always yeah, have a little, a little, a little too much Asylum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, and it, they've never appealed to me very much, so I was kind of worried that this movie was going to be a little too winky, naughty at the audience, but no, that is not the case. <laughs> I mean, it is, right. It is. I think we can all say, an intentionally ridiculous movie to some extent, but it leans pretty heavy on the horror. Right, so obviously since these are the first two people in the film, these must be the main characters through the whole movie, um, so let's listen intently as to what they have to say. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> By the way, unlike other commentaries, which will tell you to watch the movie first and then do the commentary after, no. listen listen to this commentary before you watch the movie. <laughs> In fact, I demand that you do that. I demand it. So, spoiler alert, this guy dies real soon. <laughs> um... But I love that greatest show, uh, the poster in the background. How uh, else would we know that they work for a circus? It's such great set dressing. 
Um, it's such a good image, but like, it's literally the only thing that says, this is a circus. I'm going to actually try to drop a little knowledge while we're watching this, Mo. Also, oh my God. yeah, I know on the wall, the other poster is the poster for Mario Bava's The Evil Eye, also known as The Girl Who Knew Too Much. And if you, especially, you know, even starting, I should say on his shot on video work, Todd has always leaned really heavy on the, uh, on gels and different uh, background colors. Uh, right. and I think that's pretty obviously influenced by Mario Bava's work. And like, look at here. I mean, th- this is a mo- kind of movie that doesn't tread with reality when it comes to a lot of the shadows, a lot of the color work in the background, a uh, lot of the accents, a lot of the <laughs> accents, <laughs> you know, Todd has said that he wanted this to have more of a noirish feel. And you can even see how the shadow work here, you know, kind of, uh, brings to mind some of that, uh, both noirish and kind of German expressionism. And yeah, I'm saying that sure. on a Todd Sheets commentary. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting choice here. She she's she's doing like a mid-Atlantic thing with her yeah. accent. Well, I guess you know to kind of play into this noirish feel. Oh, here we go. <laughs> uh. Ah, here we go. I mean, this... The the real star arrives. John O'Hara, this actor who plays Big Ronnie, he, as far as I can tell, he's a Todd Sheets find, and amazing. I mean, he is the heart and soul of this movie. Look at this intensity. (laughs) (laughs) This gentleman in the background... (laughs) I wish I had a guy like that who followed me around. I kind of do too. I mean, we're and both love- we're both going to look like that guy in a few years. So what are we talking about? Oh, it's very true, especially with the way my teeth are going. <laughs> you know, there's the but I, like, I but I like him too, though. Uh, he's like he's got a great voice. A surprising because I it kind of yeah. felt like he was going the kind of silent mute uh, direction in this opening scene, and then we right. hear him talk later, and he's great. Like, almost, like, super menacing, like, and not even, like, even trying to be. It's, like, it works really well for him, but he does, he is lacking his front teeth, so it's, so he does whistle every now and again, and it's, it's great. I mean, honestly, I think it adds to the, to the performance so much more. A worm dick. (laughs) I, I mean, his face is like this permanent grimace. I really do love I, I mean, I don't know if that's what he's like in everyday life, but wow, this is a, a tour de force, I would say. That'd be fu- that'd be hilarious if you met him in real life and it's like, this is exactly how he was in real life. You'd be like, huh. I will say he, give, he gives the kind of villain performance where I almost feel intimidated with the idea of, of running sure. into him in real life that he, yeah, would, right. he would be kind of scary. Right. Well, what do you think about the... <laughs> You're a light bulb that has gone out. In fact, that, that actually plays into what I was going to ask you. You know, Todd wrote this movie, and he's uh-huh. obviously, you know, using a lot of kind of hyper-stylized dialogue to kind of, uh, again, bring up the, the kind of noirish feel of things, a little Dashiell Hammett on display mm-hmm. here. Do you think it works, Mo? Actually, <laughs> I'm asking you that like we're supposed to be critical on a commentary for the movie, but, uh, but how, do you, how do you like some of that dialogue? Um, I think it works well for this scene, but like, they kind of forget about it real soon, real quick. 
Uh, I, except, I, except for these two characters. That's the funny will, thing. Yeah, it's like these yeah. characters exist in sort of a a, a, a pocket universe that, right. that has this uh, noirish feel to it. So when they're interacting, their dialogue has that that sort of uh, stylization to it. But when right. other characters are are speaking, that it's very much more like you know 2019 horror movie. Right. <laughs> exactly. And here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, the greatest Hollywood reveal ever. There we go. <laughs> oh. I was a little disappointed with that next stab. That was the that was probably the least Sheetsian uh effect in this film. There are some for those if this is your first Todd Sheets movie, well, congratulations, you're in for a treat. Uh but there are a few trademarks that we've noticed from watching a lot of his oeuvre <laughs> throughout the years. <laughs> That are, are fully on display here, um, right. whether it be some of the candy-colored lighting, uh, which you'll see in a lot of sequences, even <laughs> even where in real life it wouldn't make a lot of sense. But certainly this movie, more than some of his recent movies, like um, like House of Forbidden Secrets or yeah. uh, Bone Hill Road, this kind of feels like a throwback to some of his earlier work. Because you do get a lot of that that you know organ meat close up violence in this movie. I know it's fantastic. Like it's like an update to yeah. his earlier style, and it, and it, it works. You know, and I know Todd has conflicting feelings about his shot on video work. His early what are you talking career. about? He loves Goblin, <laughs> but it's and I can understand why he feels that way to some extent because those are amateurish in certain ways. And I, I sure. think also he feels like people judge him, his ability on those earlier films. And I can see how that would feel like a kind of an albatross around your neck when you're, you know, trying to make movies again in 2019 or 2020. But there is a whole fan base that developed for him based on those early movies. And a lot of that comes from that ambition that he showed. I mean, you compare yeah. his work from like I mean, 1991, 92, 93 to what other horror filmmakers were trying to do at that time period with similar resources. I mean, he really is doing incredible things. And that's the kind of thing that we like to celebrate on No Budget Nightmares. Did uh, did that guy always not have a shirt on in that scene or did he magically take it off at some point? Uh, I'm going to say, because I can't remember, that he took it off and why not? Speaking yeah, of taking not? off clothes, Mo. <laughs> See, listen to that voice. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, he's great. I like that. I love those uh, those FX shots. By the way, the the, the circus shots, the the top view that that yeah. intercut here. Really, honestly, sincerely effective at kind of giving a scope of this is in a circus tent. We'll point out things like that because that sort of DIY, you know. Uh, do That's you, the sort of shit we fucking love. It's what we love. It's the kind yeah. of thing that we'd like to celebrate. Oh, there's a familiar oh, face. There it is. <laughs> so I was talking about sort of the things that you see a lot in Todd Sheets movies. Uh, one thing that's missing from this one that we, we I think we both miss, Mo, is Todd Sheets himself. Yeah. Yeah. I miss Todd Sheets, the actor. Yeah. So I had a, uh, speaking of clowns for a second, I had a uh, friend who actually went to clown school and is a professional clown. And one of the last things they, you do is you make your face. Oh. You know? 
And uh, is, is it so seen like, as like a really substantial, significant moment? It's a significant okay. moment in your clown life. Yeah, making your own face. You know. <laughs> So I like it makes you kind of wonder like what the mindset was, what the mood was, like what the attitude was when like he when they created this face, you know, for the main clown because it is very menacing, and I love the fact that it's a big wide smile, but it's also a scowl at the same time. Right? It's fantastic, and then it's like jagged little daggers, you know, up and above. Oh, booby! Uh, <laughs> you know the the eyes. Yeah, I'm going to say that every single time, and I apologize if people Hot dog. Take, it, take it the wrong way. But, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of nudity, and there's some really interesting nudity in this film. In- to say interesting the nudity. That's the way to put it. That's the way to put it. You know, Todd uh, contacted us to do this commentary because we recently did an episode of our podcast on violent uh, uh, new breed. Uh, probably his most ambitious uh, early horror movie. Just a fantastic movie. Yeah, and one that that, that gets a little tribute to it uh, in just a little bit in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, that that voice is something else. I love that moment there where he drinks the beer and then puts it up in the air because he doesn't actually drink anything. It's clearly an empty beer. But it's fantastic. Some of these clowns are a little better looking than other. Like, there's the one who's basically just like a hipster in a bow tie with clown <laughs> makeup. And I I mean, I, I just, I can't get behind that one. But I think his name is Chuckles, the big burly one. Oh, yeah, he's great. He's great. love that wig you know it, it's kind of an unusual like you wouldn't think that as a as a clown wig but there's just something about the hat the the wig it, ju- it just really works for this guy look he looks like a skull come to life oh like honestly like i i, I mean I, we're gonna try to talk about stuff and talk about the movie but every time he's on screen i want to do nothing but just stare <laughs> at the monitor and watch him because he's such a presence. To, to quote Paul Thomas Anderson, I could stare at that fucking face all day long. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and like he's always quivering. This, I really like the clown makeup work in this movie generally yeah. on all the main clowns that we see. You know, it's right. it's it's stylized. You're right. It has that kind of hint of menace to it, but it has it's not going over the top and <laughs> over the big top, Mo. Ho ho. Wop <laughs> And when I say over the top, you know, it's not like I have a problem with uh, like a killer clown from outer space style clown. Right. But yeah. here, you know, I kind of like that it's 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 going to go somewhere supernatural, but there's sort of that down to earth element to it. It's very realistic, you know. As as a film about well, this, clowns, I mean, honestly, this movie travel around in a tornado <laughs> could get. Oh, here she is. That evil bastard. Now, this is Jean Silver, uh, who I think the audience probably would best know from her adult film work. Yeah, Mo's a big fan of uh, Water Power. Water Power, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
she has a pretty substantial role here. Like like an important supporting role. I think she does a really good job. Yes, yeah, definitely a bigger role than she had in Water <laughs> But she's a real interesting person, though. Like, I mean, what a story she must have. Like there, there is a lot. There's a lot of people in this world who I'd love to sit down with for an hour and just talk. But I think she's very high on that list. Probably because I've seen way too many of her movies. When I was watching this, I, up to this point in the movie, I was like, like, what year does this movie take place in? Right, right. <laughs> I like it. It kind of exists a little bit out of time. Its own dimension. One thing I love about Todd Sheets' movies is that he loves to bring back actors he's worked with uh, mostly because i think a lot of his early films just had friends of his and people that he met in them and speaking of violent new breed we have uh nick stodden right here who was one of the leads of violent new breed who was that That was steve right yeah yeah steve and and uh he was also in uh vampire holocaust a movie written by todd sheets Mm. isn't that just a flashlight and and so the daughter rachel here rachel carpenter hey wink Carpenter uh, is Sierra Stodden. I guess that's Nick's real life daughter. I'm gonna guess. Anyway. Oh, so this must have, this must have been like so. If that is the case, then this must have been a super fun scene. Yeah, too. right. Living the dream. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Fuck this. Oh, Ooh, potty, intensity. Potty mouth. Not much of a clown car. <laughs> clown truck. I I'm curious about the plan here. Which is that they want to dismember the body, but they waited until they got to the location to do it. That seems like the wrong way around. Look, I I don't have a lot of experience in this field, but I feel like you should dismember first, then bring the body to the location or the pieces, and just bury then. I feel like you just chop it up and you find a man with a pig farm. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's Chuckles, uh, the larger clown, Nate, uh, Nate... Carney Cole, I believe, is the actor. Also mm. did some special effects work, uh, and he was one of the crew and special effects on Bone Hill Road. Like, I kind of like how they sort of play the clowns off kind of funny at the beginning here. Right. Like, you know, they're goofy, but man, like, after the spell takes effect, and we'll see all that in a little bit, you know, I'm assuming you've watched the movie already, so you know what's going to happen. Huh? But, uh, well, this is my first but... time, Mo, so this is all news to me. <laughs> I was speaking to the DVD watching <laughs> audience. Um, you know, like they become real evil, you know, and it's a great like switch, you know, it's just boop. they go from being goofy fucking clowns and he's the only real like menacing one. And then they flip that switch when the spell goes off and like they just all go. Oh, here we evil. go. Now, this is a little bit of a uh, of trademark Todd Sheets close up. The- a, like, like almost, I have to say, almost too much of a close-up on the <laughs> <laughs> To the point where it's hard to tell. Like, we know that's a leg or an arm, but how it actually works in the context of a body. Hey, look, we know flesh is being sawn through. That's the main thing. Blood is squirting. That right there is my favorite shot of this entire scene, <laughs> where it's just going right into his mouth. That there is the, the female clown is Satchel. Satchel the Clown, played by Kate. I guess it's... Phoenix or Phoenix? Uh, she appeared in uh, American Guinea Pig, Bouquet of Guts and Gore, the uh, American guinea pig movie, hence the name. Nice. 
Oh, yeah? Oh, was that the American guinea uh-huh. pig poop? <laughs> oh, yeah. Here, that actually, that's a pretty disgusting that's, effect. That's a pretty effective oh, shot. Oh, man, yeah. look at that face. <laughs> he kind of like he like he, like this right here. He kind of he's going super old school with that, where it just looks like a pile of gelatin. Yeah, you know? I know, right? I always figured that throughout the nineties, Todd kept his local butcher shop in business. <laughs> <laughs> Give me all of the collagen innards, you know, just skin, whatever you've got. I got a I'll question. It all. I have a question for you, Mo. Sure. Why did this? This spell that's about to occur. Why does it go so wrong? Um, if, <laughs> if I had any idea, maybe because her intentions aren't pure. Oh, is that how it's supposed to work? I have no fucking clue. I, I will say that. But see, it says it could backfire. Hmm. I also love that. Like her whole thing is, Jean says, uh, or Autumn says, I should say. Autumn says that that Savannah sh- should get away, like run away, and she's like, "I can't. He'll find me." And then after she does the spell, she's like, "Now you gotta run away." <laughs> it's like that's what I was trying to avoid doing. I love the the costume that uh, uh, Savannah's wearing. Uh, Savannah Autumn is wearing here. It's really yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's terrific. I mean, it's it, it's interesting. Uh, we watch a lot of. Low budget, micro budget, ultra low budget films, and it's cost- sort of our thing. It's sort of our thing, but costuming is usually let's let's not really the first consideration in a lot of those movies. But she has a, a really terrific wardrobe. I feel like um, a lot of the costuming in the movies we watch is there's one member of the cast who's really into BDSM, <laughs> and like they just kind of raid their closets. Look I, at that headdress! That headdress man. is amazing. I. I wonder about that headdress. You know, it reminds me a little bit of like a kind of the Medusa head. Um, that movie Possession, the poster for it has a uh, yeah. has kind of snakes going out, sort of like that. But it reminds me of something. It's just not springing to mind. This is where Gene really shines, by the way, in this scene. <laughs> Those are <laughs> <laughs> ah, ancient texts. <laughs> Demons of hate. I hope this... I, I mean, I know Jean has been getting uh, work in some genre stuff lately. I hope she really pursues it. I mean, we need actors and actresses with that level of commitment to this sort of stuff. Sure. There you go. Yeah, you're right. Some bad intentions there, Mo. Yeah. I feel like she's... um. Like she's channeling fucking Mary uh, Warnov here. <laughs> There's a real mixture of music. You know, music is such a huge part of Todd Sheets' movies generally. Yeah. Uh, it was really nice to see that Enochian Key makes an appearance on the soundtrack to this. Um, certainly, any any fan of Todd Sheets' work going back to the very beginning would recognize that name. If you're not a fan. Of Anokian Key, but you're a fan of Todd Sheets, then you're no fan of Todd Sheets. Or you if are. If that made we're, any we're sense. We're not gatekeepers here. You can be a fan anyway. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You can be whatever you want. All right, everybody. Put your seatbelts on. <laughs> Just like all these clowns piling into like an SUV. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that was it was it was definitely a bit of a uh mistake, you know. There are no they mistakes. Should be, they should be in a clown car. <laughs> I'm sure that yeah. The, you know, you can just rent them at your local clown car rental agency. Here's another I mean, you, question. I mean, you I'm sure you can rent a VW Beetle. I mean, come on. Kansas City doesn't just have VW Beetles. Just <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, I've got another question about this plot for you. Oh, Christ. <laughs> so the clowns, look, they're willing to commit murder. Right. But they don't seem necessarily evil up to this point. However, once they enter the clownado, it seems like they're just fully committed to murdering solely. Do you think that they're, they become crazier from the spell from the tornado? Yes. Why, yes, I though? <laughs> I love that bracelet with the eye on it. Oh, my God. Have you ever seen me. organ meat smushed up with a mortar and pestle before? Never. Uh, <laughs> Look at that. There you go. Going That's to fantastic. town. But that bracelet reminds me so much of the ring from Beastmaster. Oh. There we go. Yeah, something's going wrong. Something is definitely going wrong. And she warned her. She said this could backfire. <laughs> that, honestly, that's the only response to black stuff coming out of a, a conjurer's mouth is what the fuck. <laughs> but what do you think of the, the effect here to make a storm uh, look, look like valid on screen? Like this stuff. Oh, that? Oh, it's fantastic. I actually... Look, this is something that I guess we should make clear. Though if you're listening to a commentary on Itachi's movie, you probably already have developed this. But if you are a fan of low-budget and shot-on-video work... Look at that! Look at that! (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome! Then I think that you have to develop what I call your um, DIY eyes or DIYs. Oh, you! <laughs> where, where you have to develop an appreciation for what people are trying to do with the amount of money that they have available, and I say that w- with the realization that here, I think this is just legitimately well done. Like, I mean, I think that there's just been a lot of really quality work being put into a lot of the effects in this, and you don't have to make as much of an adjustment for a movie like this. But if you went from Clownado and you went back to something like Goblin, you need to appreciate that. That, that the people making it were working with a lot fewer resources and that right. the, uh, the, the difficulty of making a movie in any context was much more difficult back then. Do we ever see her again? Yes, we do. Remember, she's going to be watching a little Rudy Ray Moore footage. Oh, right, right, right. Never seen this movie right. before, eh, Mo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I only watched it six times this week. <laughs> now, here's one of my favorite... Uh, not him. <laughs> <laughs> him. Uh, Antoine Steele, one of my favorite uh, Sheetsian regulars. And, like, I love how quickly he gives up the Elvis accent. I mean... Like, and- he says, like, three lines in the Elvis voice, and then he just... Pff- Said so, whatever, I'm done. <laughs> I mean, he goes back to the beginning of Tachi's career, like literally mid '80s beginning, yeah. uh, and he's been sort of that regular presence. And, and and you know, good on him. He always he always puts the effort in. And if Tachi says, "I'm going to dress you up in an Elvis costume," <laughs> by God, you're going to do it. 
he was my favorite thing about uh, Dreaming Purple Neon. Like, he's so good in that. And he's so great in this. He's, he's great in House of Forbidden Secrets, too. Yeah. Um. So this Hunter, the guy with the, the cowboy hat there. Um, that's played... Or maybe I was thinking of House of Forbidden Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, Hunter is played by Bobby Westrick. And uh, speaking of Goblin, he appeared in the classic Todd Sheets movie, Goblin. And, you know, I, I mentioned... Which means it... that Todd is willing to forgive. <laughs> I mean, I think that... I know I mentioned it earlier, but this idea that, that Todd has sort of a... Uh, a crew that he brings along and will continue to use. I mean, that is one of the most exciting things about watching low budget movies and movie making because people, you know, you want to work with people that you trust. And and honestly, the main thing is that they're willing to show up and you know that they're going to show up because there isn't a lot of money to be made here. So when you right. have people who, who are like, I show up, I learn my lines, I put the effort in. Then of course those are the kind of people that that become invaluable when making a low budget movie because one of the things you'll find is you know best plans of mice and men when the actor who's supposed to show up doesn't show up sometimes you need to fit some of those people in. Mm-hmm. By the way, you forgot to say boobies or whatever you say, Mo. It's <laughs> a great reaction. <laughs> I did forget to say boobies. I was too busy looking at the boobies. Now, this is Dylan Fawn Harvey. Uh, she also appeared in Bone Hill Road and Dreaming Purple Neon. I love I love what Hunter says when he comes in. His best Italian steak in the state. <laughs> What's an Italian steak? <laughs> also, you, you what don't state know. are they in? <laughs> state of confusion, Mo. Sure. I love that I reserve the right to say fuck you sign in the background. <laughs> Hey now, no touching the talent. I was hoping this security. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was hoping the security guy would be more of a, a, a character in the movie. Yeah, I liked him. Yeah, for the moment, for the you know, literally one <laughs> scene he's in. Here we go. God, I love him. Hey, Badass actually the. Look, I mean, basically everything in this bar has the words Kansas City on it, so I guess we know where it's taking place. Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) Hey, look who it is. Hey. Like this job. (laughs) Sorry. So this is Linnea Quigley, of course, making an appearance here in the movie. Uh, She's playing a character named Spider. Uh, Obviously a reference. That sounds familiar. Obviously a reference to her character in sorority babes in the da- uh, in the uh, slime ball bolorama i almost said in the dance-a-thon of death which is the uh sequel i guess you could call it a sequel mo to that movie directed by todd sheets mm. and of course the original sorority babes in the slime ball bolorama was directed by david dakota the i guess uh, one of the mentors you would call of, of todd sheets certainly someone who saw his talent at a uh, early day look at that kansas city sign boy i wasn't wrong about that huh <laughs> <laughs> So one thing I noticed about uh, this character, Hunter, with the snakeskin cowboy hat on, is that he looks like a chubby Shawn Michaels. These days, and, these days Shawn Michaels I, looks like a chubby Shawn Michaels. He does not even I'm just shade. kidding. <laughs> but, he, he found God. He, He's doing all right. <laughs> but it's it's fantastic. Like The boyhood dream has come true. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on, dude. He saved your ass. What are you doing? Look, that's a nice shot. Glasses. 
I like how she was like a little pissed at him inside, but when she's outside, she's like, oh, wait, he he actually really went out on a limb for me. <laughs> I feel like this is one of the few scenes right here in the movie where it's just using sort of natural light outside. It doesn't have any kind of wacky coloring happening. Oh, there you go. Oh, well, there's some of that stylized dialogue. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, the stinky pink. Ugh. <laughs> it's nice drone footage. So she's been walking all night. Yeah. <laughs> like, so th- this guy's storyline, uh, it, it goes somewhere interesting. But I'll tell you, if you are going to kind of try to integrate into your estranged daughter's life, Dressing like that and looking like that is not the best way to start. Yeah, we should talk about his outfit for a second because he is wearing the unforgivable combination of a Hawaiian shirt and camo pants. <laughs> it's like the top half, I want everyone to see me. Bottom yeah. half, nobody. Okay, we got to talk about this. The, I think we're like, we got to talk about this, and then well, we both shut up. <laughs> the late, great Rudy Ray Moore. That's a sequence from uh, Todd's legendary Violent New Breed. And if you have not checked that out, do it. <laughs> it's amazing. It, it's amazing. It's such a great movie. I can't believe she has a flip phone. Oh, that's another reason I'm sitting here thinking to myself, what year is this supposed yeah, to right? be? Maybe it's a burner. <laughs> She, she whips out. She whips out a Motorola razor. And, uh... <laughs> See, look, and even like their makeup changes. Yeah, yeah, they're they're definitely they're murder clowns now for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call my entire party when I play Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, here come the murder clowns. We are nerds, ladies and gentlemen. We are nerds. Yeah, because he even said it. Yeah, you made us this way. So, I mean, I guess there's... Though he seems pretty much how he was before. (laughs) He's exactly the same way he was. Only this time I think his nose won't fall off. My... Like, this is a a great menacing sequence, but (laughs) there's a close-up of... Jean's breasts with like boing sounds in the background. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. See, thankfully, uh, hipster clowns uh, makeup actually improves post transformation. <laughs> we get a nice. Oh, here we go. There's a lot of kind of unique violence in this movie and it kind of has to is that what it's like inside of our our neck yeah there we go (laughs) (laughs) yes it's a little too easy for her to tear this face look honestly mo i don't know if you've ever tried to rip someone's face off it's way easier than you might expect (laughs) i mean our faces are essentially gelatin i'm gonna take his her face off (laughs) wow and that's what we look like underneath all of us Look what! Look! Look what Antoine is eating. 
<laughs> it looks just like it's noodles with no sauce at all, just piled on a plate. Fettuccine Alfredo. <laughs> yeah, I guess Alfredo. it is. <laughs> Holy oh, he, Alfredo. he's gonna put pepper on it. Well, I mean, you got to pepper your yeah. Alfredo. One of the things that Mo and I like to examine when we're watching a movie like this is just the idea. It's like these locations that they're shooting in. Obviously, this is not the kind of movie, and most of the movies that we cover are not the kind of movies where you can build sets for the most part. There might be some exceptions, but for the most part, they use a lot of real locations. And, you know, good on Todd. You know, Violent New Breed uses a church. I'm like, a real church. Here we have this this diner is obviously a real diner. And uh, that hair. And amazing that they let them do as much as they do in this diner. Oh, my God. <laughs> Got to give Hunter credit. The cigarette behind the ear is a nice touch. <laughs> so Alice here, uh, played by Sheila Brandon Allen. She was also in uh, Dreaming Purple Neon. Again, the idea is like if someone comes, does a good job, why wouldn't you want to use them again? Especially if they live in the Kansas City area. Right. I love the running gag that goes on basically until she dies, how they keep calling her Alice. He get, this guy gives a very Dwight Schrute-ish performance. False. <laughs> what, what is his reason for not just telling him why he's there? Yeah, like, honestly, at this point, he should just kind of walk over to the table and be like, look, you know, I know I'm being a little creepy, but I'm actually your father. You know, yada, yada, yada. Because, but, because um, like, what would you prefer? Would you prefer the, the maybe the difficulty and frustrations of that situation or for people to think you're literally a pedophile just right. sitting there staring at her? <laughs> I mean, I know yeah, what nothing, you would choose, Mo. Nothing ever good, nothing good ever happens to a man wearing a Hawaiian shirt and camo pants staring at young girls in a diner in the middle of the night. Even though it was just early afternoon a scene and a half ago see without the context that's a super creepy shot i mean intentionally so i like that they don't really give away what he's supposed to be right right Uh, for those of you who, again, might be watching this for the first time, things are about to go ape shit. <laughs> That's a clear sign of an upcoming clown attack. Now, there's another familiar face, literally. Huh. It's really a shame she's in the movie for... I mean, really short amount of time. <laughs> just an unbearably short amount of time. Unbearably, what a word. <laughs> Here comes the clownado. By the way, I love that that um, Eileen Dietz's character here. And you again, if you 
don't know who she is, uh, you probably would recognize her best as the subliminal face from The Exorcist. Um, Pazuzu? Pazuzu, her or himself. <laughs> I, like- I, preferred, uh, I preferred that ad campaign with Joe Pazuzu. <laughs> Like, in a moment, her big idea, she's like, I have an idea. And she goes to her office, and her idea is just to use the phone. <laughs> Which everyone has already said, hey, phones are not working. It's ba- it's basically, I'm, I am have an idea. I want to go in here and get murdered. Oh, wait, hold on. Yeah, her name is Alice. That's right, they're calling her Flo. That's right. I like how they throw the keys to a person who doesn't know which key it is that's going to lock the door. I like and all they all they would have to do is take five steps over there and so you are yeah. in a diner and yeah. and you're all up against the door and suddenly Ooh, the diner you. is full of murderous clowns and one person is having trouble opening the door. Here we go. She's like, I'm in control now. I have a plan. But like, if you were in that situation, you think you just smash those windows and get the hell out of there. Right? <laughs> it's, it's all well and good if you're near the front and up against the door. Have I mentioned how much I love the fact that Antoine Steele is just dressed as Elvis for literally no reason? He's just Elvis. I was, like, I mean, he does use a little bit of Elvis-style kung fu. He also, of course, uses Elvis's um, famous phrase, TCB, little taking care of business action. She's got it! She's she has an idea, Mo. This is gonna take care of the clowns once and for all. She's gonna go into her office and use the landline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll fax over to the police station because uh, you know landlines are notorious for staying on during a tornado. <laughs> oh, it didn't work. Oh wait, I also have a phone. <laughs> Aw, shucks, I've tried nothing and I'm all out of ideas. <laughs> what is he trying to get her to do? Oh, never mind. Yeah, what? Oh, I see. Ew. That is some serious facial trauma. Wait, how did that's Flo's best line? What? What? How did, what's how up? did Flo get the keys back? They were just throwing the keys back and forth oh. while the owner was in her office. I guess nobody thought to check the back door. Yeah, right. So, like, you have all those people; Ugh. they're being Ugh. murdered in various gruesome ways. Ugh. Ah, oh, that's del- delicious corn syrup. <laughs> like when the mouth starts to I love yeah and the, break. The, the, oh, the, that, the mouth so hard that's to watch. terrific. I find it, and like this is a great shot. Yeah. Any sort of tooth trauma gets me every me single too. time. Me too. Mostly because of Mo and my lifestyle, which means that all of our teeth are <laughs> just eventually going out. to rot out of her. <laughs> just pure rot. Clowny clown clown. I love that effect where, like, they just show you shove it down, and then it's just an immediate close-up to Look, the knife already in there. I feel like this, uh, some variation of this uh, is in, like, 90% of Tachi's movies. I know. Someone reaching into his stomach, 
Pulling out guts. This is nice as well. Little eyeball action. Classic sheets. A lot of like really wet looking effects too. <laughs> Extra gelatin. Yeah, so it looks like Savannah's like pushing back, and it's just like, "Hey, we're getting the door. Just, just, just be patient." It's like they're murdering us. Just go through the window, <laughs> or even just break the door down. Elvis running out of the building is also very funny. <laughs> Elvis has left the... Well, they use that joke later. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. I love it. I was, it's like, we need a lingering shot of those guts, for sure. I'm not feeling that one. So is the idea, if left unchecked, that this clownado would just travel across the entire country and just keep killing people? Really? You don't think it's like a quest for vengeance against Savannah? Is it specific to Savannah? Because she seems a little hard to kill. Well, yeah, I think he, I think it like purposely and again, makes it, seems it so, to, but. It seems to follow the crew after Savannah has, has been separated from them, right? It just follows them instead, so it can't be specific to her. Hmm. Or maybe after this 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 uh, dust up, the uh, the clowns decide to that they have more people to get revenge on. I think so. There we go. Little... Dear God, <laughs> this, I I think Satchel might be my second favorite clown, and I'm not just saying that because uh-huh. she, she she has clown boobs. <laughs> Oh, this is... No comment. (laughs) The wishbone scene. Oh, gosh. Hard to believe, Mel. We all look like that inside. (laughs) What what is that? Is that H.R. Giger? (laughs) Jesus. I mean, you can't have a Tachi's movie without a shot of panties sopping wet with blood. (laughs) (laughs) I know, it makes my panties sopping right with something else. Oh my god, Mo. So, I have another question for you, Mo. Why is Savannah so hard to kill? Um, well, at this point, she's not. <laughs> it doesn't seem that way. No, it's this scene that makes her hard to kill. It's because of the lightning, right? It's because of the yeah. higher... Power, interference, whatever you want to call Does, it. I mean, I have another question for you. Does God control lightning? Is that how it works? Uh, well, I mean, Odin does. Probably. That's right. I mean, the Norse the Norse gods, they really had it made. There you go. I mean, she's, it looks like she's having a hard time. And I mean, I, I don't know much about physiology, but I figure if someone rips out your vital organs and then just shoves them back into your chest, <laughs> that's not a good thing. You might have a bad time. What am I looking at right now? (laughs) Yeah, a lot of these shots are real close. (laughs) Could be just about anything. But, okay, I think those are nipples, so that's That was definitely a nipple, yes. But I I like, this is the swap out body double, though. So these are like the fake... The fakies, hey. but I love well, that. He, so he pulled. So he he mentions that you know that she's got 
a heart of ice. So he pulls out her heart and replaces it with a block of ice. Yeah. And then makes her immortal. I That seems like an interesting decision. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the end game for him is, okay, I'm going to do this, rip out her heart, replace it with ice, but then I'm going to cut her arm off. <laughs> or I guess most of her forearm. This is a great effect too, by the way. Yeah. Satchel's loving it. She's got great makeup. Yeah, she does. How's this guy doing? Finish him. <laughs> He's going to sub-zero this guy. <laughs> oh, you're going. You're going. <laughs> you can tell these are the people that would be like, get killed in a Todd Sheets movie. I'm on my way. <laughs> that would have been me. Yeah, me too. That guy's having a good time. Well, he was into uh, smashing people's faces in with a hatchet before it was cool. Yeah. (laughs) So in the context of this movie, they're yelling to a pedophile to come join the person that he's lusting after. (laughs) Such a great line. Look at my perfect titties. And they're clown boobs. Oh, that tongue is, that is great. This is so good. I would say this, this, boy, you know, this kind of reminds me of the abomination. Right? Oh, I love that tongue. Great music sting here, too. He tried to help us. That's sympathy for your abuser, young lady. (laughs) I think she has Stockholm Syndrome. I love how they never see the clown. Hunters stay away from her boobs. What? What's that? Like I love how they never seem to see the clowns coming. You know, like he was just looking (laughs) off the other way, and she comes right in that blind spot. Clowns! What a surprise! There you go, a little TCB action there. (laughs) Oh yes, this is this is his hero moment. That's great. That is terrific. Why was, that his, really su- why was his hand clean? Because uh, he's Elvis? Oh, right, right, right. Why did she just yell, oh, fuck, just then? Is it because they have a bloody pervert? Yes. But she's the one who wanted him to come with him. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how much footage they have of him just making strange faces. Oh, I bet you it's just yards and yards. This is a great hand. I mean, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you do that? Ew. What do you think that... Okay. So they're cannibals. <laughs> I wonder what directing a scene like this entails. <laughs> you know, while they were uh, filming Clownado, every once in a while, uh, Todd, I-, I saw it on Facebook. He did some live streams of them actually shooting some of the sequences of it. 
that's one of the other things I love about kind of DIY and low budget filmmaking is they're, they're much more transparent about the making of it. And this, it, that's especially the case, I think, in, in this day and age where there's a lot of crowd, crowdfunding involved. I mean, you really do get much more of a sense of how, you know, how the sausage is made, <laughs> literally in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then ripped from your insides. <laughs> With all the organ meat. Um and I like that. I love that there's kind of a fraternity of low-budget filmmakers, and you become it simply by going out and doing it. Right, right. Or in, also, our, or in our case, talking about it. <laughs> well, I also, I mean, that's the thing. There is a fandom, a very, kind of a very tight fandom, and, and Todd is certainly a, a director who really appreciates it. But there's also, there's a lot of different directors from that kind of golden age of shot on video horror of the late 80s early 90s it seems like they all developed you know a lot of those names developed a relationship around their kind of common interests this is his big moment (laughs) she is really unsympathetic to the fact that he's not a real creepo after all i mean he's still kind of a creep yeah well i mean he is wearing that shirt and those pants i mean come on you mean that guy I tased wasn't my real dad? <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> There's some really great like storm footage in this too. And that's drone a, footage. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great shot right there. This is what we need to do. We need to stop at this car wash. Get our heads together. <laughs> I need a good detailing. <laughs> I wonder if he was thinking, like, I need to be more like Elvis because I haven't been doing it enough lately. So he just started oh, what's the plan? doing the... What's the plan? You know? It must. It has to be a very difficult balance where you want to have these characters that are likable and that you want to see succeed and that when they're threatened, the audience is going to care about them. But you also want them to be, you know, kind of goofy and very entertaining. It's, it's a kind of balance that, you know, you see a lot of movies come on the wrong side of. Right. Oh, especially the movies that we watch. Oh, yeah. And it's, I think part of that is that a lot of the the filmmakers that we watched were influenced by slasher movies in the eighties where you kind of, especially if you're a big horror fan, like, like Mo and I are, you know, you, you end up just wanting to see the slasher villain succeed in some way. Right. It's hard to make sympathetic characters. And, and if you don't care about those sympathetic characters, it kind of shows. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because in a slasher film, the slasher's the hero, so to speak. By, by the way, uh, props to chuckles for doing that stunt on the roof. Yeah, he's awesome. This this is our perverts. That was a great moment when he fell out of the car. This, this is our perverts hero moment. He really... You, I mean, he, you mean he the did buy them. He just gets pulled out of the car and dies immediately? Yes. <laughs> he, well, he saved them a good 30 seconds. <laughs> it's going to take him at least half a minute for him to kill me. So, step on the gas. There you go. Uh. 
It's like you can, like, it's not that, that Todd Sheets movies are so predictable, but I could have told you before this movie even started that we would have a close-up of a neck wound after a head was ripped off. I hey, believe, Savannah's okay. I believe there are uh, a couple. Yeah, well, <laughs> at least one. At least one. Mo, I'm not going to mention it, but this also reminds me of a scene in a movie I've seen before. <laughs> I'll mention it. it. There's a scene in a movie that I was involved in making many years back, which has a sequence kind of like this, Mo. Yeah, but there's no talking puppets. There's no talking puppets in this one. But we did have a stump where we drove a knife into it. It, it. I Obviously, Todd is not being influenced by me, but I like that great minds think alike. Groovy. Oh, I mean, not groovy. Something else. <laughs> Bitchin'. Is that like a bread knife? I have a question for you, Mo. <laughs> yeah. So Savannah, hit by lightning, now seemingly semi-immortal. As That's how lightning works. Uh, kids, if you're listening, run outside and see if you can catch some. <laughs> um, why does she become murderous? Like, she kills someone in a little bit. Someone who seems to be completely innocent outside of wanting to get a little action. Um why, why did she become bad? I th- is, I like to think that she went more chaotic neutral. Ah, uh, I see. Is that <laughs> just murdering whoever happens to come upon your purview? Yeah, if there's somebody with a car and you need it, maybe sometimes murder's okay. But she could have just pulled the person out. In fact, she, she had the opportunity. She really didn't need to kill the person. Anyway, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. This uh I'm going to say this is my second favorite actor in the entire movie. This he's an emotional roller coaster. He's all over the place and I love it. This is Jack McCord, uh, who also appeared in uh, Dreaming Purple Neon. And we don't get his real name until an hour into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I like him a lot. He's got kind of like a Jim Beaver thing going on. He does. Makes like I keep expecting him to say balls. Like now, now Hunter and the sheriff playing off of each other. <laughs> it's, it's oh my! <laughs> I sometimes still get turned around by the fact that this movie obviously has an actual script that they have learned. <laughs> like this guy is reciting lines, and I know that doesn't sound. That uh, uh, unusual listeners, but some of those early Tachi's movies, it wasn't always the case. Old Doghouse Riley. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he did say balls. Sounds like Hunter has a whole history that we (laughs) don't really know that much about. We need another Hunter movie. Todd, do you hear that? We need another Hunter movie. Call it the Ballad of Doghouse, whatever he said his last name was. I remember, Mo, it's Doghouse Riley. Riley, that's the one. Here we go. A few more characters that enter the fray. Now, this is a classic... Uh, of of low budget cinema, 
is introducing important characters more than halfway through the movie. <laughs> but I'm okay with it. I will say that this movie, uh, more so than, than, or I should say, I guess, less so than a lot of other movies, they have not been brought in simply as cannon fodder. Right. Uh, which you would kind of expect. It's like, hey, there's more people for clowns to kill. This is uh, Chris and Molly. Uh, Molly, uh, the actress Millie Milan, she appeared in House of Forbidden Secrets and Dreaming Purple Neon. Mm-hmm. And Chris uh, is Jeremy Todd, who uh, was in Bone Hill Road and, Dr- and Dreaming Purple Neon. They keep talking about looking for Rusty, and I was really uh, hoping that, that we'd eventually get a phone call to Rusty, and that voice would be one Todd Sheet. And he would say something like, this is the sort of shit you see in those low-budget <laughs> movies. Most having a little fun because in a lot of early Todd Sheets movies, and, and perhaps in a recent one, <laughs> there are often references to characters, uh, or, or I should say references characters make to either being in a B-movie or situations being like a B-movie. Chris is very surprised by this anger (laughs) Sure, if this is not like you If you want uh, Chris's uh, R2-D2 Dalek shirt You can get it at offworlddesigns.com That's not an advertisement I just looked it up online (laughs) Very exciting moment. Get out of here before the clowns arrive. Move it. (laughs) That's really important, by the way. That son of a bitch won't close. That'll become an important plot point in just a few minutes. Must be hard to hitchhike without a thumb. Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. (laughs) Maybe you got to turn the other direction. Mm. See, that, that... This is why hitchhiking is so dangerous these days. I've used that hello nurse pickup line any number of times, Mo. And guess how many times it's worked for me? Uh, once. <laughs> I am a married man. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, son. Get some. Oh, See, she could just get in the car and leave, Mo. Oh, I see we have a guest appearance by Biff Naked. <laughs> I'm sure that's a reference everyone is going to understand Mo. <laughs> Definitely a reference that's going to age well I'm Canadian and even I just barely understand it <laughs> Hell of a storm, Sheriff Yes! <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines in the entire movie <laughs> You know, one thing about the clowns in this movie is that they don't lean on the clownish antics. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know that that they're 
they're using some of the clown implements, and obviously this is kind of a, a funny thing where the purse is made out of faces. But it's not like they don't do sort of the gags that they did in Killer Clowns from Outer Space, you know, where right. you know they're, they're, they're pulling they're, the handkerchiefs out or right. There's there's no hand buzzers that electrocute people or yeah, exactly. You know, water shooting flowers that hit you with acid, that sort of stuff. It, it must have been hard to resist the urge to do that. But I would of have course, done I, every single one of those. Absolutely, yeah. But why do that when you could just shove sharp things into people's chests and pull out the goo inside? I mean, you don't need to start twisting right away. That seems unnecessarily painful. (laughs) I smell bacon! I guarantee you they told Ronnie, Ronnie's actor, to just be like, just just enjoy this as much as possible. We're going to keep shooting. (laughs) Don't forget to mention that he's a piggy cop and he smells like bacon. Oh, is that Nickelodeon Gak? (laughs) Maybe that feels really good. I don't know. It's never happened to me. It could feel good. He, He seems to be enjoying himself. I don't like Chris's ponytail. Why are you so judgmental against ponytails? Did somebody make fun of your ponytail in eighth grade? I had a rat's tail mo when I was in elementary school. What do you think about that? I think that's very Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) My grandmother offered me $20 to cut it off. And I'm like, hey, $20, give it to me. (laughs) I can grow another one of these things. Yeah, I think I had one when I was like seven, and my mom just cut it off. So Bambi is very upset. She wants to get home to her daughter. Who's taking care of her daughter, by the way? She's just home by herself? Mr. Bambi is. Yeah. Oh, wait, there is no Mr. Bambi. Hey. Hey. (laughs) Right, like, why did she kill this young woman? Call her a bitch. That's adding insult to injury. Severe injury. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's just something about, you know, you play with the dark arts. They tend to have their way with you. Yeah, you can't fuck with, you know, these evil spirits and not expect them to fuck back. Yeah, that's a better way of saying exactly the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I'm good at. I'm good at saying the exact same thing in a different way. Like I just did. Okay, so there's a lot of exposition in this scene. And look, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to pretend that the acting in this movie is stellar all the way around. But that's just part of the fun. We're having a good time, Mo. I'm having a blast. I'm having a good time. And you work with what you have. Now, this this is the plan. This is formulating now for the rest of the movie. They are going to stop the, the Clownado by getting some... Liquid nitrogen, is this correct, Mel? Yes. And they are basically want to cool down the tornado, or the clownado, I should say. To make say. it unstable. To make it unstable. And th- this is a theory that has also been proven by some scientists who've actually done it, apparently. Now, here's the thing, though. Do the same laws apply to a clownado that would apply to a tornado? Yeah. You better hope 
they do. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Th- See, it it came back. The fact they couldn't open the back. Or couldn't close the back, I should say. I, there was a gun there the whole time. <laughs> That's a great reveal. I can't believe she shot him in the stomach and not the head. That seems a little unusual. Right. She's a believer in the but Second that's Amendment. but that's some damn Whoa. fine editing right there. It's the, uh, I I really enjoy it. She shoots the gun and then it's like hard cut to him holding his gun <laughs> and he falls off the car. I love it. I was kind of hoping she joined the clowns here. Hmm. Some of that dialogue we were talking about at the beginning of the movie. Mo, are you afraid of clowns? No, but my mom is. Oh, really? Big time. So I can't wait to I can't wait to tell her that I did a DVD commentary and uh, and then put this on to show her. <laughs> what, what? Where do you think it comes from? Why are people so scared of clowns? My mom is afraid of masks. Oh, so it's like so. To her, Halloween the, must be a, a tough clown, time for her. Yeah, the clown makeup is uh, is just like sort of an extension of that mask situation. <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to not send the tickets for the gathering of the juggalos that I bought for your mother. <laughs> My mom would be like, "Juggalo? What's a juggalo?" Ah, yes. Look so here. This you, is the world liberals want. Yeah. I don't so, quite get this. Uh, you don't? But Think about it. <laughs> is, this, is she supposed to be pregnant? With Chuckles' baby? Is this like Chuckles' kid? What Stop are they talking pieces about? Together. Look, it's the magic, Mo. You don't oh, have the magic in you. I don't have the magic in me. <laughs> Anyway, in case uh, you were a little confused, audience, yes, that is a little person clown who has climbed out of Satchel's uh, midsection after after she was murdered. I'm kind of hoping that any clown that gets killed, a another smaller clown comes out of them and like one of those Russian nesting dolls. Like a human clown car. Yeah. Oh, hey. Mo, you solved it. Ha-ha. His uncle owns an ice cream shop. I love that they included that part. It's like, yeah, I was wondering that myself. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We are quickly approaching... My favorite character in the entire movie. We've been kind of saving. Uh, with We don't want to make any reference to him up to that point. Yeah. But yeah, we're getting there very soon. And I, I don't want to be critical, again, of, of some of the performances here. But this actor, when we see him, and now we're making kind of explicit reference to him. That, that guy brings something special to this movie. Yeah. Not that these, these uh, folks aren't giving it their all. 
And he also sends me a uh, happy birthday video on my birthday every year. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm still sort of dumbfounded by. It's fucking amazing. Hunter is a reassuring presence, I have to say. He's so Though, positive. He is positive, especially considering their plan is fucking ludicrous. Right? Okay, their plan, let's just reiterate, they need to convince someone to fly a plane into a tornado <laughs> so they can drop liquid nitrogen into it. There's, there's, okay, so there's a line that I think is going to be coming up soon where they talk about, like, you know, don't jostle it, don't sneeze on it, sure. whatever, you know, this, this, this thing could blow at any second, yada, yada, yada. And then they put it into a plane that takes off on a grass, uh, on a grass field. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, like, like no bumps on a grass field. <laughs> Look, you just got to be as careful as possible. Sure. I, I have to say, by the way. Elvis did not look too concerned when he was being attacked by a clown just then. He <laughs> <laughs> just Elvis mildly is perturbed. Too cool. Too cool to be concerned about being attacked by a clown. A lot of clowns out there, man. Well, the whole world's filled with clowns. Thank you very, thank you very much. I also am a little confused about so they get the liquid nitrogen and then they go to the basement. Oh no, they go downstairs because it connects to the mini mall, right? <laughs> I didn't notice that the, the little cloud is like riding a tricycle or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty convenient. Oh, did that come out of her chest as well? I like that. The re- readjusting the neck. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. Return of the Living Dead 3 ish. Sure. Yeah, girl. <laughs> I like when you keep dying and coming back, you get your hero lines like again and again and again. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Do you think that's an intentional reference to uh, Dawn of the Dead? To Dawn of the Dead? I, I would say so. I would argue it probably is. But also probably a way to kind of quell audiences <clears throat> being like, oh, you're in a mall, then go get the things you most need. You know, guns and ammo. Right. Yeah, unfortunately, in liberal America, we're not allowed to uh, sell guns and ammo in malls anymore. You're telling me all you needed to do was jimmy the door of a ice cream store and you could get full access to a mini mall? <laughs> yep. I do it all the time. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Chuckles really goes for it. He does. TCB, baby. There you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, it's even better. It's a motorized cooler. <laughs> <clears throat> Amazing. Wow. <laughs> he gets that from his mother. I wish I knew a little more about the shape-changing abilities of these clowns. Or is, any is it, of the lore. Is it limited to their midsections that can become mouths? Well, and boobs. Well, boobs become mouths, Mo. Right. And oh. boobs are part of your midsection, in that they're the middle of your head and legs. 
Uh, fair enough. Don't make me break it down further. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's effort right there. Come on, buddy. Put your shoulder into it. He did. He tried it once. It uh, the work. parking garage, of course, has a paper sign. <laughs> <laughs> Now I want a motorized cooler. How did he get up the stairs? Don't question <laughs> stuff like that. Oh, is that a Phillips headquarter? <laughs> yeah, don't jostle it. Don't jostle it as she pushes through these air ducts. <laughs> I Rachel's not the most useful character in this movie. Does she ever do anything useful? She shoots that one zombie in the uh, zombie. My God, that one clown in the stomach. Hey, technically these these clowns are at least somewhat undead. That's true. Oh, wait, you said Rachel, the, the daughter character. Yeah. Right? Oh, no, she does nothing. Yeah, I don't... Aside from, you know, making us uh, care a little bit more about that creepy guy. <laughs> Maybe she'll be the hero of Clownado, too. Maybe. Down with the clown. Bleh. Whoop, whoop. we got to stay strong. Bambi's here just to give pep talks before the end of the movie. I'm also curious. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great reaction shot. I, I'm also curious about the teleportation abilities. Do they have to be in a location where the tornado was able to move around? Like, could they call the tornado right now inside this building? Interesting. Todd, if you're listening, these are the questions that your audience demands answers for. <laughs> Chris, you gotta put a little more effort in here, buddy. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I think I hear a clown following me. I'm sure they just built this uh air duct for everyone to crawl through. Well, you it, notice it's... they never show the top of it. <laughs> Hey, you got to put the camera in somewhere. No, I know. Shh, it's movie magic. I love movie magic. It's my favorite kind of magic. Aside from card tricks. <laughs> Flattering angle. <laughs> Cargo shorts. <laughs> Honestly, this is the one situation where it's okay. Oh, yeah, true. Nice task, Chris. So, crawl through an air duct so you can get to an underground parking garage? Stop trying to make sense. <laughs> there you go. That'll hold. 
That's clown proof right there. I'm you also just fairly leaning certain a that, piece of wood against it. I'm also <laughs> fairly certain that that's the exact same air duct they climbed into, just uh, shot oh, from the other side. Uh uh-uh, uh, it was on the right side <laughs> as opposed to the left side. It couldn't be the same. Uh-huh. Uh Hey, look, you got to do what you got to do. What no, are you going to build two air ducts? How can you smell anything with that nose on? Oh, you know what? Look, it didn't hold. And so much like so much like all of their other deterrents, it lasted about a <laughs> millisecond. <laughs> Admittedly, they are dealing with magic clowns. There's only so much you can do. That's true. That's just like what did we just say? Like, what is the plan again? How are we going to get this into the tornado? Put it down. (laughs) (laughs) Mo, I'm afraid I'm going to have to call you a fat sack of peanuts every time we chat from now on. Feel fucking free, man. (laughs) I'll introduce myself like that. Good evening, never, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mo, the fat sack of peanuts. I never noticed he's wearing shoes with like, like twisty bits on the end. Twisty bits, like, like Iron Sheik. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. Except uh, his his curl even more. Little known fact: it's incredibly easy to tear the head off of a magic clown. Oh boy. <laughs> The faces that he makes during this. Oh, hold on. There's there's that right there. Yeah, I love great. that so much. There you go. That's all it takes. And there, there we, we go. go. Yeah, you were right, Mo. There's another one. <laughs> I like it's like his head's gone. Shake him around a bit. <laughs> It should now cut back to the a little person's uh, clown, and another smaller clown will come out of him. <laughs> so, this is all just to get back to the same place where they started? <laughs> See, they should have gotten Deep Roy. Yeah, that would have been terrific. Actually. He could have been the even smaller clown to hop out. See, he watched him drive away, so he's summoning the tornado. <laughs> I'm sorry, clownado. Oh yeah, there's that daughter well, like, again. Like, it's like, what? What are they supposed to do at this point? Right? Are we really going to stop and go to see your daughter? Hey, let's bring the clownado to your daughter's house. That's her moment of angst. This is a great shot, by the way. Woo! This is it. I like, I mean, hey, good on them. They obviously have access to some sort of airfield. And plane. <laughs> they, okay, here we go. We're getting here. Memphis Hawk.
Folks, here's the story of the hurricane. Not even close, Mo. I know. And obviously, and you can't. And I'm glad it wasn't because otherwise they'd have to bleep out you singing a copyrighted song. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the legendary Joel Winecoop. On you know, Joel has brought his talents to so many, so many low budget, ultra you know, micro budget movies. He is probably the highlight of more movies than almost any actor working. (laughs) (laughs) Now listen. I like this music too, by the way. This is great. It's fantastic. I love how he gives the exact oh, sh- same line delivery for the same line twice. There, oh, you almost talked over him oh. talking about the Todd Sheets Joe Winecoop double feature he was walking, <laughs> watching. As we mentioned, you you can't have a Todd Sheets movie without some sort of meta commentary. <laughs> this is obviously I like how there's like memes on the on the, the board behind them. I love jet noise. For those who don't know Joel, uh, he, he probably is best known for his work with Tim Ritter, uh, specifically starting with his Truth or Dare series, and of course, right. the classic Dirty Cop, No Donut. <laughs> but I mean, he's made dozens and dozens of appearances in low-budget movies. He's he's probably been in more movies that we've covered than anybody else. And it's not like he's been in a ton of them, but we don't. There's not a lot of crossover actors he also of course is a uh, martial arts master oh which we see on display in some of those movies absolutely he even appeared in uh, Light of Blood another movie we did a commentary for (laughs) (laughs) it's the best travelogue I've ever uh, seen (laughs) Florida seems like a nice place it's not as you would know (laughs) it's not Mo, you could owe me a favor, like a significant one. Uh, that that favor could never be big enough to get me to go into a airplane <laughs> and fly into a clownado. But even if I pull your fat out of the fire more than once, I would not mind a prequel movie going through the uh, the the history of Hawk and Hunter here. It, you could even call it Hawk and Hunter. Hey, you know what? Copyright Doug Tilly. <laughs> I'm, I'm currently registering hawkandhunter.com as we speak. that's great never tell me the odds kid <laughs> boring conversation anyway <laughs> you know some of the other uh, recognizable actors in this they make Kind of, you know, pretty small appearances overall. But leaving Joel for this kind of climactic scene was a really smart idea. Very, very smart. He really does add a lot to this movie. Get the nitrogen. And like we said before, he really is an absolute treat in, like, 
pretty much anything he's in. Don't bump it. <laughs> yeah. Way above your pay grade is knowing whether something is going to work or not. Hey, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> is this door going to work? Oh, that's way above my pay grade. <laughs> All right. Settle down there, ponytail. (laughs) (laughs) I love, I like the idea also that they're kind of luring the clownado away from a populated area before they, they, they go through with their plan. Joel's the hero of this movie. (laughs) He really is. None of this happens without him. I mean, I can imagine when Todd was writing this movie, writing this as the climactic scene and being like, you know, how the hell are we going to pull this off? They they do an amazing job considering all of the pieces that had to come to uh, fruition to make this work. The direction on this scene was, Joel, just scream every line. I mean, I was hoping Hunter would have to ride the liquid nitrogen container. (laughs) (laughs) He's got the hat for it. (laughs) Oh, I don't know about that. Classic. Hobbs End Airport. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of things referred to as a bitch in this movie. Did you notice that, Mo? Well, I mean, the situation they're in is a bit of a bitch. Yeah, that's true. That is pretty nice. That's awesome. It cleared up that clownado pretty pretty quickly. <laughs> also, footage, it's daytime now. Footage brought to you courtesy of World Airlines. <laughs> There you go. You lean in there, brother. This is a great line. <laughs> Look at Bambi. Just in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Who are those randos just walking around in the background? <laughs> hey, it looks like the clownado is really, uh, really cleared up. <laughs> Time, Time to, to go to work. The airfield. <laughs> I ain't sticking around. What if those clowns show up? <laughs> but he's got such good kung fu. At that point, you should probably, you know, call some sort of authority. Like Cartman? Mm-hmm. Oh. Another excellent topical reference there, Mo. Yes. <laughs> I don't make references she, unless like, they're at least 15 years old. 
she was riding outside of the vehicle just then. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> like, at least, why didn't they stop to at least get some weapons before they checked out this? What are they? What is their plan if they find a still-living clown? I was going to punch him to death. That's right. I also like these, like, I am not bringing you home to your family until we find out if these clowns are dead. I think he even says later, a deal's a deal. And then we get a Deus Ex Savannah. (laughs) (laughs) There was no clip in that gun. Shh. Shh. One of the things I love about Todd's movies is that he, he will mash up genres like nobody's business right i mean you had you started this movie with this noirish thing you end it with a spaghetti western clown (laughs) i like the chest veins by the way on this yeah his voice is something else Making movies is like poetry. What? Oh. This is terrific, by the way. I love I love what's about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Blows up into confetti. The confetti coming down is amazing. <laughs> My only I mean, I, problem is it's a little anticlimactic. It is slightly. It's kind of strange that, like, could they have just been shooting these clowns the whole time? If that, if they had guns, could they have just killed the clowns kind of just by shooting them in the head? Well, I mean, you know, they killed other clowns just right? by shooting by them. Shooting so. them in the stomach, right? But that's mm. the f- kind of funny thing. They are magic clowns. By the way, look at the family stickers on the back of that vehicle. <laughs> on the window. Yeah. Um but, so the clowns are not, like, so durable that you couldn't kill them using regular methods. These are just, look at that guy sitting just standing there. <laughs> hey, did you guys just see that guy's head explode? Um, that theoretically, if these guys were better at, at battling clowns, that, uh, that they could have just taken care of this without the liquid nitrogen. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you just watched a movie called Clownado. And now you're going to get a little behind-the-scenes footage Which featuring The Flash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pay, pay very close attention to uh, some of the names in this closing credits on the right-hand side. You might see, hey, look, Hank G. Lewis. I wonder who that's a reference to. Chef Fulci. <laughs> this, this is classic Todd Candace, Sheets. Candace Craven. <laughs> Debbie Digart. One of these days, Mo, we got to make our way to Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it takes a village to make a clownado. That's what I hear. 
Hey, look, some of the special uh, visual effects were done by Roger Williams. I wonder Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you trying to tell me that that, that those interior plane shots weren't <laughs> filmed in the air? Movie magic is something else. Movie magic. I also really enjoy this closing theme song. <laughs> I Now, this to me, this is very 80s teen sex romp, where you have a closing or opening theme song that features the name of the movie that you're... Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> We've... We, uh, over at No Budget Nightmares, we are a, uh, dutiful fans of closing theme songs generally. Right. And, uh, and, and when they, especially when they tell the plot in some capacity. <laughs> One of the things that you'll notice is that you'll see shake some of the cast, harder, <laughs> you'll see some of the cast members appear. Oh, look, Roger Williams doing sound editing. Uh, you'll see... Some of the cast actually appear in background uh, roles too, and doing some of the crew work. I mean, that's just classic, right? Everyone, everyone needs to double up or triple up on responsibilities. Of course, Amanda Peyton, obviously nope. working close with Todd for years now, mm-hmm. uh, seems to be his right hand uh, woman. Thanks, Daryl Shackelford. We couldn't do it without you. <laughs> 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 you know, Todd has had a hard time over the last decade or so, uh, but one of the really, it's been really one of the heartening things since we've been doing No Budget Nightmares is seeing his return to filmmaking, and his productivity has been incredible over the last few years. And I think that, you know, before we finish up, we should really throw out some kudos to Todd for not only making a comeback after some of the health issues that he experienced, but really coming back stronger than ever. He's like a force of nature now. Absolutely. He just keeps making movies and, you know, and basically every movie that he's made since his comeback has been fantastic or and a lot of fun. Um, I will admit I haven't watched Bone Hill Road yet, but <laughs> <laughs> the three others that I've seen have been great. Uh, highly recommended. I think more than anything that his concerns, uh, whether he still has them or not, about people judging him by his early work, he really, you know, it's like his entire career at this point uh, is devoted to shutting up those critics. And he, I think I think at this point he actually, he has by far, I mean, you cannot watch a movie like Clownado or uh, Dreaming Purple Neon or Bone Hill Road or House of Forbidden Secrets and not see uh, an incredible progression from the filmmaker who made uh, like Moonchild or, or some of his other earlier work. Or Goblin. A lot of familiar names here on the special thanks. Yeah, Coming up, just very, for your own? Coming, coming up very soon. <laughs> very familiar. There it is. There it is. No budget nightmares. That's T I L L E Y. Oh yeah. Look, Joel's Joel's after us. <laughs> Sorry, Joel. Sorry, Joel. Love you, buddy. Uh, I think on that note, since we're just about done now, I think it's a good we time should, to wrap it up. We should probably wrap wrap it up. Um. It's really been an honor, actually, to to be part of a Todd Sheets movie to this extent. Yeah, uh, we hope we hope there's many 
many more to come. And uh, yeah, if you want to check out more of our thoughts on the Todd Sheets uh, filmography, uh, head over to uh, nobudgetpodcast.com. Yep, and as always, this has been Mo. And Doug. And we are from No Budget Nightmares. No clowns hurt, that's good. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Not even the one who they shot? Well, that was a clown NATO. Ha, 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 ha.